Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Solid Starts. Solid Starts has an entire first foods database with information about each food item that you are starting solids with with your child. And today's episode is also brought to you by Docatot. Docatot's award-winning dock is a portable lounger created for comfort and safety. And you will hear more. We will all hear more from our sponsors later. Um, but you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page if you need anything. Check there and see if you can give them any of your business business because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, you can scroll down and enter your email address and you'll get episodes sent straight to your inbox every week. And don't leave badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com without checking our shop page where you can check out all of our merch. I feel so trendy when I say merch. <laughs> with lots of cool breastfeeding sayings that you can uh, walk around town with. And um, yeah, now Diane has our review of the week. I do. And before I start it, I just wanted to plug my colleague's book again real quick. Um, This book sucks. Feeding Your Baby Shouldn't. It is a fantastic book on breastfeeding, like an intro to breastfeeding type stuff. It is awesome. Really easy to read. It is... um, inclusive and like just it is a great great book lots of pictures lots of really cool illustrations and I did talk to her um the other day and she told me that they had an uptick in sales so thanks you guys because I did plug this a couple weeks ago so if that was you guys thank you so much for looking into it and for loving on it and you can find it on Amazon it's um called this book sucks feeding your baby shouldn't um and our review of the week came Actually, on my Instagram, which, um, I mean, I do get Instagram messages, but this one was um, particularly good. So I definitely wanted to um, to read this. And don't forget, you can also put these on iTunes, which is super helpful. Or you can send us an email, badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. I'm a little behind on the email, so I apologize to everybody, but I swear I'm going to get to it. And <clears throat> I had COVID. Whenever I look in that like email, in, when, whenever I look in the inbox, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Oops. I know. There's I so know. many emails in there, and poor Diane. I think I, I, th- I think I like always forget how many people actually email us. I know. So I and actually I answered. Like I answered one person really quickly because I saw it the other day, and I was able to provide an answer. But maybe I'll, I'll, swoop, I'll swoop, swoop in there sometimes and help. Well, and some of them are like, yeah, I know. Like I, it, and totally don't worry about it. But it's, um, yeah. No, I just, you know, I'm just human. Everybody, don't hate me. I know. Well, right, so yeah, this comes for sure people understand. Yeah. This comes from Vanessa and she, I'm reading this because she had a great suggestion for us, which we really liked. Um, It says, good morning. I just started listening to your podcast. I started because I recently came back to work and I'm not pumping as much as I used to. I'm going to try some tips that I got from some of your episodes. I love it. Thanks for having this information. Thanks for having this helpful information out for everyone. My only suggestion is that you specify for what age group, months um, of baby that you are talking about. My baby is almost four months and I wanted to be sure I'm pumping sufficient milk for this age group. And I loved that suggestion because, and I, you know, like I showed it to Abby and I was just like, my God, I don't think we do this. Like, and I, I never really talked about it. Like, well, or never really thought about it. We just kind of talk about, you know, babies and certain 
topics and all this stuff, but we never really say necessarily, oh, if your baby is this old, this is what you should expect. Um, and we know, like, we talk all the time about how babies are so different, but we can definitely, like, you know, discuss age groups when we're talking about things, especially about things like pumping and, you know, how much milk babies should be getting at certain ages. Um, so I think that is a great, great suggestion. And um, I told her that and we kind of went back and forth a little bit about what she was pumping and she's actually doing an amazing job. Returning to work is so hard. Um, and I just, you know, hopefully going forward, I'm going to remember to talk about those age groups and kind of what to expect for for different ages. So if you have any suggestions of things, definitely send them our way. You know, we're not going to be like, no, this is how we're doing it. Suck it up. We definitely want to hear the suggestions. So, yeah, except if you tell us to not go on rants, <laughs> because that's like that's our show. I can't. People. I can't do that. It's our format. Yeah, <laughs> I just can't do it. Sorry. That's why we're here. That yeah yeah. It's literally only reason I log in in the morning. Yeah, because I get. To I rant. ranted to Abby for like fifteen minutes before oh we God. even turned it on, I, and I said, I said, I was like, I she, Diane went on a rant, and then I went on a rant, and I was like, once again. We should hit record. I know. <laughs> because your story was totally something that probably other people can relate to. It was all about a baby who wasn't gaining and all this stuff. And I can't even remember what I was ranting about. Oh, I was ranting about ranting. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I think yes. I was ranting about ranting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, a little I'm, bit of capitalism we we was thrown in there. Oh, yes. Well, you know. You know me. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so anyway. you're going to get that sometimes. <sighs> some rants but so thank you so much for you know for sending me that instagram message um i mean i know everybody kind of reaches us however they reach us and probably about once a month everybody we do a facebook live usually well the last couple months we did um and people pop on and ask questions so we don't usually announce when they're going to be maybe i don't know maybe a big I know. I don't know. We kind of do things on the fly so i know exactly that's because it's really kind of on the fly um, but they're also, they're also like, well, I was going to say they're always up. Like you can go back and watch it, but then we're not there to answer your question. Um, but, uh, yeah, we should come up with like a schedule, like every second and fourth Wednesday of the month or something. And then people, yeah, yeah maybe we'll try to do that. We can do that. And that way, you know, and sometimes people pop on and just ask us questions, which is really nice too. So, um, so kind of, yeah, so kind of watch out for that. Why don't we just do November right now? So, like, how about the okay. first and third Wednesdays of November? Sounds good to me. That's November Is that good 2nd. with everybody else? Is that good with your schedule? So, <laughs> Wednesday, November 2nd, and um, Wednesday, November 16th, we will be live. And they're, f- and they're sponsored by Fairhaven Health. And we'll be on um, Facebook. Yes. The Badass Breastfeeder Facebook page. And, um, time, um, we usually do like noon, I think my time, which is one year time. Does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Noon central. All, all y'all. 1 PM Eastern for those on the East coast. Oh my God. I don't know what I just did right there. Okay. Yeah. I wrote it down on a sticky to be lost until probably November 1st. Until I remind her. Yeah. yeah, From on November 1st. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna put it in my. I'll put it in my thing. I swear, I put it in my calendar. Uh, so we will right. talk about real stuff today. I promise. Yeah, we're right talking now, about right now. Stuff. Postpartum yeah. mood disorders. Yeah. 
So a couple weeks ago, if you were tuned in, we talked about weaning depression. Um, and that's a real thing. If you didn't listen, definitely um, go back and listen. If you're like, what the hell is weaning depression? Postpartum weaning depression. Um, and that is, you know, kind of real super quick. That is when you wean and you wean off breastfeeding and you're just kind of like left feeling like, ugh, like, why do I feel so sad and so blah and so, you know, depressed? Um, and that is called weaning depression. And that is because of, you know, a lot of fluctuation in hormones. So postpartum mood disorders are a real thing as well. And one of the things that I want to say about postpartum mood disorders, and this is like, if you get nothing else out of this episode today, please remember this. It is the most common problem for pregnant human beings. So it's not gestational diabetes, which is talked about all the time. It's not hypertension, which is talked about all the time. Postpartum mood disorders is the biggest complication of pregnancy. It is really, so but common. that makes it not postpartum. Isn't postpartum after you give birth? Yeah, but you get hypertension and stuff like that after after birth too. So it's called. It's considered mm. like like a. It's like a like an umbrella of time, like you know, prenatally, and then um, postpartum goes to like a certain time frame. Mm. But um, it is the biggest complication of pregnancy. Um, but my point of that is it's not talked about like all these other things are. It is not considered. It is not looked at as an issue like all these other things are. And it is way more common. So when I say way more common, the numbers are like anywhere between like one in five, one in six, one in seven, something like that. Like if you look at different places, you'll see different things. But it's also one of those things where... It's only like they're going by what is actually reported too. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. A, a lot of people don't report that they're struggling because they don't realize how common it is. And there's a lot of stigma around it. So I want people to know who are listening right now, if you are feeling like this, please do not be afraid to say something because it is a really, really common complication that goes along with pregnancy and having a baby. And it is something that you need to really get support for because we want you to feel okay. We want you to enjoy this time with your baby. And it's really hard to enjoy that when you are feeling the anxiety or the depression or the, you know, all the other all the other mood disorders that go along with that. And I know you had stuff to say too. I mean, I could talk about it for an hour, but um, I know you had some stuff that you were no, considering No, I mean, too. I was just going to talk about, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I, for myself, when I had Jack, after I had Jack, I, and I had a lot of anxiety issues my entire adult life. Like I was on medication for it. Um, and by the time I was pregnant with Jack, I wasn't on medication for it anymore. And I felt like pretty stable. Um, still a very anxious person, but I was, you know, then I was going through pregnancy and um, I remember my boss at the time too being like, how are you managing? You seem pretty anxious. And I was like, I do. <laughs> like, I remember, it was just so normal. It was so normal. I didn't even realize. Um, and then I gave birth and I was like the, you know, I always heard about postpartum depression. You hear about postpartum depression and I have never felt depressed a day in my life. I don't know what that feels like. I was like, I don't have postpartum depression because I am definitely not depressed. And, you know, you don't, I, even as a mental health professional, as I was as a social worker and a therapist and somebody who like studied this, 
was like, I, I don't this I don't identify with this depression uh, word at all. I was so highly anxious and so like high functioning anxious too because anxiety can actually like fuel your high functioning debilitate yeah can debilitate you sometimes so too oh well yeah but so i was so anxious and 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 my anxiety my point is you know postpartum we're calling this postpartum mood disorders because we talk about postpartum depression a lot and some people just don't identify with that i never did and and then i realized later on like wait i was experiencing a postpartum mood disorder yes but it was anxiety and extreme. I mean, I look back at those early days with Jack and it's dark. Like the memories are just dark. Like the room Mm -hmm. is dark. The memories are dark. Everything is dark. I was so scared all the time. I was also having these really bad intrusive thoughts, which I didn't know until later is also very common with new parents. Yes. Very common. And I had no idea that that was common. I was just knowing that I was having visions of like, chair legs going through Jack's face and him falling from like a skyscraper. Like all of these things were like not even possible to happen. We're like, like taking charge of my mind the whole day. And then we were struggling with breastfeeding and we were, you know, new parents didn't have any idea what was going on. I didn't understand why he was crying all the time. I didn't understand why I couldn't put him down. All of the things that we've talked about a million times on this show uh, you know, we don't understand babies. Right. And I certainly didn't understand myself. And I certainly didn't understand this transition to parenthood. And it was intense. And, you know, the 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 fog lifted eventually, but I never really got help. I didn't even know. Like when you're in it, it's really hard to like identify what's going on when you're inside of it. Yeah. And there's yeah, also absolutely. no one around us being like, mm, you know, how you doing? Like. Nobody asks about the parent. We get the the baby has a doctor's appointment like every day where they get poked and prodded and measured and all of this. But no one ever. Maybe there's a form that you fill out and it doesn't matter. Like, does anybody look at it? I don't know because yeah, don't, don't you could put like, yeah, I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with this, 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 and like, no one ever says anything to you. So it's not like it doesn't seem like anybody really reads it. It is. It is known now. Like I did a. Um, I've done a a presentation on this um, several times. Actually, I, I put a whole thing together on it and it was a couple of years ago, but it wasn't that long ago that like, you know, this is like out of touch information or anything. It was only a few years ago. <laughs> um, but what has been, what has been recognized now is that where we thought it was called, like how you said it was always called like postpartum depression, PPD, like it is called postpartum mood disorders now because so many more mood disorders were recognized coming out of this perinatal period and anxiety is huge. Yeah. And th- what they are seeing now that it, it is more anxiety than it is depression. And I don't know if that's just like a generational thing. I have no idea, but the, the things that have been put into place to monitor postpartum depression, which still is not, great um but they have what's called like the edinburgh which is the most popular form that abby was just talking about like you know the forms to fill out like you know how Mm -hmm. have you felt in the last seven days blah blah blah. it's called the edinburgh and there's like you know a handful of questions that is the most common thing that we see i don't know if anybody else sees anything different but that is the most common thing that, that i have seen um and that i have learned about in the trainings that i've been in that is used 
and it does not monitor anxiety at all. So yeah. when I was working in a pediatrician's office, um, we did do the Edinburgh. And because I, and then for a while, I was pushing an anxiety one too, which of course they got rid of after a while because, you know, what the hell do I know? I'm just a lactation person. But they, um, they were giving it out. But the thing with it is like they could, if they're not addressing it, immediately like they can't you can't have it oh here fill out this form about your feelings and we'll get to it when we get to it and we'll call you if there's a problem no that's ridiculous and the way our our systems are are now like you go to the doctor everything is electronic they're having you fill out forms online and nobody's looking at it nobody's addressing it nobody's talking to you about it and really honestly those forms too you could totally lie on them which I've had oh, a lot yeah. of people tell me that that's what they did. They're like, if I filled it out at all, I told them I was feeling fine. And it's like, because nobody wants to be well, also considered yeah. a problem. Right. right? Well, like, people are embarrassed to talk about right. anything that has to do with mental health because it's so, it's such a stigma. Like, oh my God, like, why don't you, you're supposed to enjoy your baby. You're supposed to, why aren't you happy? You're supposed to, you have a healthy baby. How lovely. You should be happy. And it's like, <laughs> First of all, we have entire entire identity shift happening. You have hormones happening. You have you know environmental stresses. You have pre you know if you you if you struggled with depression, anxiety, anything before you had babies, you can at any point much, in your life. At any yeah. point in your life, you can pretty be pretty pretty much be guaranteed that that's going to surface again at some point. Because mm -hmm. this is a time where like things are really, really shifting. Those like that solid, that solid structure that you created, you know, to kind of manage life and get through it. Well, it's about to be knocked down with a bulldozer mm -hmm. with, you know, with having a baby and going through all of these changes. So that stuff is going to start to seep out. And it's, oh, and it's not, I mean, I want to say it's okay, but like it's happens and it's normal and we have to talk about it and we have to like provide people with more support. <sighs> which absolutely and it's one of the things too that's kind of popping in my head right now you know we talked a couple of couple of episodes ago about the fourth trimester and mm -hmm. one of the things with the fourth trimester is how the birth parent is monitored after that baby is born yeah. the fourth trimester is not just about the baby it is also about the parent and if they say oh great you had your baby see you in six weeks Nobody's monitoring you for that postpartum depression or those postpartum mood disorders to creep in. If they're not looking at your medical record to see that there is a history of, you know, of depression or anxiety or whatever, and that that's a, you know, that's kind of a red flag. We need to watch for these things. Um, it's just, it is really, really frustrating as like a, somebody who works with parents to go to hear people say, Oh my gosh, this, and I used to, this is one of the things I used to deal with all the time at the pizza office. They'd be like, Oh my God, this mother is calling again about the baby's diapers. Is they having enough diapers? They're not sure if the baby's eating enough. They're not sure. And I'm like, this is a red flag for postpartum anxiety. Yeah. If you have a right. mother that's calling every day for, for something that she's not sure about, this is a red flag for, this isn't just like, Oh my God, she's calling again. Yeah. Like, this How is annoying. a red flag oh, for anxiety. Oh, she's so annoying. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's what I used to tell them. I'm like, this that's is it. an anxiety issue. Like, yeah. this is something we need to monitor. But, you know, again, what do I know? I'm just a lactation person. <laughs> so, <laughs> ah, 
But yeah, so let's take a break. And then I am going to talk about all the different forms of postpartum mood disorders, because it's not just depression and anxiety. It's a whole, it's an umbrella term for a whole bunch of different things. So yeah, we'll get to it. I know. It's one of those episodes where like, we'll have to stop ourselves at some point because we can talk. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. All right. But we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Solid Starts. Now, I want to tell you about Solid Starts First Foods database. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. This is genius. And I'm talking genuinely excited about this right now. It's just as it sounds. It's an entire database of each food item and information about it. So for example, let's take avocado. Click on avocado. And it'll tell you what age your baby is ready to to start eating avocado. It'll give you nutritional information about avocado, choking hazard information, allergens information, how to prepare it for your baby based on their age, and recipes with avocados. Um, And how to get it out of the skin, because who can ever do that with an avocado? Get out! Um, That's fantastic! And there are even videos of parents feeding babies of various ages avocados. And this goes for every food item. There's also information about the history of avocados. Like, I read so much about avocados last night. (laughs) (laughs) There's pages and pages of food. Um, I don't even have babies or toddlers anymore. And I learned so much just preparing for this ad. And I... I'm going to use this myself. Like I was already looking for recipes using like the different um, foods. Um, and guess what? It is completely free. You can find it at solidstarts.com at the database. Um, but there's also an app. I downloaded oh the app. You can just click on the on the food. Yeah. And just like get all this information. So like you're starting solids with your baby. And you just like look through like whatever you have in your house, you know, check it so you can see how to prepare it, see what age and all that. It's so good. Go download it. I already downloaded the app. It's called Solid Starts. Just look, search for Solid Starts. Um, And you can also follow them on Instagram at Solid Starts. And today's episode is also brought to you by Docatot. Docatot's award-winning doc is a portable lounger created for comfort and safety. With your baby safely docked in this lounger, you have a more manageable place for playtime, tummy time, diaper changes, dozing, you name it. The dock was designed to mimic the womb with soft padded edges. And you may have seen, okay, you may have seen your favorite badass celebrities posting about these. These are really popular. If you think your baby is too messy for one of these, don't worry. The cover is washable. And and at Docatot, you'll also love the La, the La Mom and Wedge nursing pillow. Um, many nursing pillows are oversized and only support one position, but the La Mom and Wedge supports multiple feeding positions while decreasing neck and back strain. Uh, you also get to pick from many beautiful patterns. Uh, badass listeners will receive 15% off and free shipping on any of Docatot's stylish products because they have many, many more uh, when you use code badass. So head to docatot.com forward slash badass and you can use code badass for 15% off and free shipping. And all of our sponsors and their promo codes can be found at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com in our show notes under this episode. Um, also at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you'll find uh, all of our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. 
I um, I'll say this real quick. I was at a home visit the other day and the mom was changing the baby's diaper before her feeding and um, before we weighed her and she, the baby had pooped and the mom had like checked her diaper, like kind of looked in the side. She's like, oh yeah, she did poop. So then she ended up getting like a little bit of poop on her hands. Mom did, which everybody knows that's normal, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. If you haven't gotten poop on your hands, are you really a parent? But <laughs> she was like, oh, let me, you know, she's like, wanted to go wash her hands real quick to get the poop off her hand before she started touching the baby. And she's like, oh, let me just pop her in here real quick. And she pulls out a docketot from uh-huh. like one of her things. And she like put the baby in the docketot on the couch so that she wouldn't roll off the couch. Not that she's rolling anywhere. She was like, two yeah. weeks old. but you know, <laughs> just being safe. She's like, let me put it. It's like, that is such a great, like she just had I it, know. you know, like just down there. And she's like, here, let me put her. And she, you know, had her docketot and wasn't worried about the poop or anything like that. And, um, you know, just plopped her in there while she went and washed her hands and the baby was perfectly safe. And, you know, so that was really, I thought that was really cool, but yep. I just wanted to yeah, say That's that. Really cool. So let us talk about the different kinds of um, kinds of mood disorders that you might see with this. And one of them, like we said, is postpartum anxiety. That is um, one of the one of the biggest things that we see. And I know that that's one of the things I can personally say that because I have parents to be like, oh, my gosh you know, I don't know if my supply is okay. I don't know if the baby's eating good enough. I don't know if the baby's getting enough. I don't know if I'm seeing enough wet diapers. I don't know. And it's like, const- you know, constant concerns. And I mean, I know that what this is, um, but sometimes I feel like, you know, other parts of society might not know what this is. You know, like if you if you voice these concerns to say maybe your mother or your mother-in-law or, you know, your neighbor or whatever, they may be like, oh, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Which I feel like just fuels the anxiety, right? Because you're not like... Calm down. Yeah. Just calm down. Don't worry. Don't worry. Everything's fine. Calm down. Yeah. And I... Just enjoy your baby. Right. And it's like, how are you supposed to enjoy your baby when you're worried about everything that's going on? I know. And Um, I just want to interject really quick because this is something we are also wired to be on high alert. As, you know, the species that we are, we are, we are wired to be on high alert to keep our babies safe. And sometimes the things that we are wired to do get kind of exacerbated with, um, you know, the things that we're struggling with here currently now in 2022. So it's like, you know, it's a slippery slope where it's like, you're supposed to be on high alert and we have these things that are natural and normal to feel, but then they get really out of control. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And like how Abby was saying, like things that are normal, right? Like you have things that are normal that are happening that we worry about. And I feel like people make this so much worse, you know, like for example, let's talk about weight. And I'll have people that'll call be like, oh my God, you know, the baby's weight is low and they, you know, they're really worried about her weight. And they told me that, you know, the baby lost weight in the hospital and what do I do? And, and which, now is fueling anxiety for this parent when that's a very normal process for babies to lose weight in the hospital. But if we don't know that, like we don't know normal newborn behavior, right? Like a lot of times we don't realize what is normal and what is not normal. And if we know that, that might help a little bit. Like you're still going to be worried, obviously, because like Abby just said, we're just kind of wired to be, you know, have these concerns. But if we know what's normal, that can be a little bit helpful to maybe calm some of that anxiety. But 
if this is like manifesting so much that you like not sleeping well, you're worried constantly, you know, you're going down those Google rabbit holes all the time about like what, you know, what's going on. Um, this is like definitely, you know, anxiety type stuff that is just like really fueling. Um, and that can manifest a panic or obsessive compulsive disorder as well. Um, perinatal panic disorder is another form um, and that is thought to occur in up to 11% of new mothers. Um, perinatal obsessive compulsive disorder. And that is like intrusive thoughts, um, compulsions. Um, you know, the the thing with the intrusive thoughts and, you know, and Abby was talking about this earlier that she was experiencing those as well. And this is absolutely something that happens. So if it's happening to you, don't feel like you're some kind of freak because it is something that happens. And um, I know I've told this story before on the podcast, but probably ages ago that I used to run like pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, when we all used to get together like normal people and not worry about it. <laughs> we, um, I was running a, I was co-facilitating a mood disorder support group, postpartum mood disorder support group with a therapist. And um, somebody, one of the people that had come, one of the parents that had come had mentioned intrusive thoughts. And like probably three out of the other four that parents that were sitting in the room like nodded and were like, yeah, I get that too. Like nobody wanted to say anything because everybody's worried that how they will be thought of. Um, it is, I mean, and usually like, you know that it's not going to happen. Like, I mean, like when you were having those intrusive thoughts about Jack and something happening to him, like you knew that the, like you're never going to act on anything. Nothing is right. really gonna happen but they're just there like it's just happening and it's part of take, that they whole, take over that's why they're called yeah. intrusive they just yes. barge right in you're, you're minding your own business and here comes just this image of your baby like dying gruesomely somehow that oh, would be even if impossible to yeah, happen but it's there yeah but it's like happening like it's just there um postpartum traumatic stress disorder and i feel it maybe you know a little bit better because um because you were a therapist or you are a therapist, but you know, you were working in social work, but PTSD after childbirth was not something that was recognized for a very long time. No, like, a, a very no, long, I, very yeah. long time. And yeah. I absolutely experienced that with, with Jack. And I didn't know until I was getting ready to have Exley. And I was working with my doula and she was going through like, you know, like talking to me about like, you know, what are you, are you just preparing for the birth? Like, what are you expecting? How do you feel about it? What do you, da, da, da. and I was like, oh my God. And I was going through it and I was like, I had so much anxiety and fear and trauma around that birth. And I didn't even realize it until we started preparing for Exley's birth. Yeah. Because I think because it's so much, it's, it's so normal. My hospital birth that was traumatic was normal. Mm hmm. You know, it is it is it was a normal situation. Like trauma's normal now. <laughs> it's it so sad. Just, it's yeah. like so it's so disturbing. But like these traumatic situations are just normal. And one of the other things that I want everybody to remember too about this, and this is very important, is that this is what the parent deems to be traumatic, not what other people think is traumatic. Yeah, exactly. So in this kind of is filed under the 
you know, under the example of you had an unexpected C-section delivery and people say to you, oh, what are you worried about? Everybody's healthy and safe. It's fine. Like that is not okay for somebody to say that to you. If this was traumatic to you, then it's traumatic. It's not up for anybody else to decide what is traumatic. Um, and then you like it and ends up like kind of manifesting into a situation where like with you, Abby, you were like, well, I'm not having another baby at the hospital then. I'm doing it oh at home. Oh my God. Yes. Like people are, people are always it, like, aren't we're too yeah. so scared to have a home birth? And I'm like, I was scared to death to ever go into a hospital again. I had a mom. So when I did this talk, I was um, one of the examples because I like to give examples from my um, my real life practice when yeah, I do that's these why, things. That's why, that's why you got the job. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so when I when I do this, so I did have a parent. Um, she was, I think she was at my. Actually, she came into the pediatric office when I worked there, and she had such a terrible delivery for her. Um, and then ended up with a spinal headache from the epidural, an epidural oh. headache. And if anybody has ever had one of those, they're horrible. Like you can't even like put your head up sometimes they're really oh really bad and she had one and it was lasting for days and i said did they offer you a blood patch because what they can do to get rid of that is they actually would have to like draw your blood and inject it into the epidural site and you know that kind of like heals it or whatever wow. I don't, i'm not sure how it all works but it's called a blood patch and that is something that really is one of the only things that really helps well for these to like Get rid of it faster. Like it'll go away without a blood patch, but it'll go away faster if they treat it with a blood patch. Yeah. So um, I asked her, did they offer that to you? And she said, they did, but I'll have to go back to the hospital to get it. And I'm not doing that. Yeah. So it was like she was willing to deal with the debilitating headache, making it difficult for her to even care for her baby over going back to the hospital because she felt so powerless when she was there and she was afraid of what would happen to her if she went back. Yeah. That so is absolutely is real. Yeah. Bottom yes. Line. Yes, it is. And they finally started recognizing it as a thing. And I don't, I don't understand how anybody can think it's not a thing, but you know, parents that are having kids are just like, I don't know, just disregarded as anything. Yeah. <laughs> Perinatal bipolar disorder. And this is like parent, like if you have a history of bipolar anyway, um, this could, you know, end up being like a perinatal bipolar disorder. Some things that happen during pregnancy is medications are discontinued. So yes, yes. Oh, I was gonna talk about that. Yes. Oh, good, good. Yes. Let's so talk about it. Yes. And then that can be, if you discontinue your medication during pregnancy, which we know happens because we don't know, like, you know, if there could be any problems with pregnancy with these medications. So a lot of times they discontinue them. The likelihood of becoming ill with bipolar during pregnancy is high. And you're also not given the right guidance a lot of the time, or you're not, okay, let's replace this with therapy or let's do this or that. No, they're just kind of like taken off of them. Yeah. Off they're of just your like, medications. you have to stop that. Yeah. You have to stop. And then you end up, you know, struggling with like perinatal bipolar disorder. Um, and I have, I had a client with this. It, it was like, she was like manic. Like I was seriously worried. Like at one point I called her provider who actually was a friend of mine, but I was just like, I am seriously worried. 
that something's going to happen to her because it was so bad. Um, And like she was hospitalized and then like the treatment that she was getting in the hospital was unbelievably bad. Like it was just a really bad situation. And she was, she was actually a nurse. So she knew exactly what was happening with her and was very vocal about her treatment. And she was still given really bad treatment. And this is just so unbelievable that our parents are being treated like this. I don't know. But yeah, but definitely talk about that medication piece. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say that like if you w- had to be taken off of medication in pregnancy and then and then you're so you have your baby, you know, what should be happening is like, OK, let's you know, let's talk about, you know, getting back on some medication. Let's talk about, you know, let's educate ourselves on which medications are safe for breastfeeding, which are most of them. And, you know, mm-hmm. but we're just told like, oh, well, you can't, you're breastfeeding, so you can't take that. No, you can't take that. And we have people who are severely struggling and suffering from um, these mental health issues that they can't parent, you know, the way that they ultimately want to. And th- this is something, this is such a big thing. I really think that this is, again, there's so little postpartum support um, so it's hard to say like, this is just something that needs to be added because all of it needs to be added, but definitely what needs to be added is like, what medications were you on and how do we get you back on those, you know, quickly now that you've had your baby so that you can, you know, enjoy your life, like, you know, right. m- manage your mental health. It's just so people are so flippant about it. It's so just like an afterthought, even though this is your experience and this is your life and it's affecting so much of it. So yeah, if you are struggling right now and you are, you know, had been taking a medication to help and aren't on it now, talk to someone, talk to a lactation consultant if your doctor is not listening and help, maybe they can help you, you know, work with your medical doctor or psychiatrist or something to get you on back on your meds. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Get back on your meds. It's okay. And it's okay. Yeah. It it's is okay. Fi- your baby is fine. Um, the last one I'm going to talk about is postpartum psychosis. And mm. Mm. this occurs in approximately one to two out of every 1,000 deliveries. So out of all of these mood disorders, this is the least common. Yet, this is the one that everybody brings up. So usually the conversation goes from what I hear people say is, how are you feeling? Like from what I hear, like providers, how are you feeling? Are you feeling any depression? Um, Do you feel like you're going to hurt yourself or your baby? It's like, that's a huge jump. That is a huge jump. Like it is not, are you feeling depressed? Are you going to hurt your baby? Like that is beyond... That shouldn't even be coming up because the likelihood of it being something like that is not as high as the likelihood of it being like anxiety or or depression or, you know, OCD, whatever, um, panic disorder, things like that. But all anybody thinks of is, are you going to hurt yourself or your baby? And yes, that is a very real outcome, but it is not as common as people make it sound. It really isn't. And nobody wants, this is why nobody wants to talk about it because everybody thinks that they're going to do something to their baby 
or everybody thinks that people are going to think they're going to do something to their baby and they're going to get their baby taken away from them. So they don't want to talk about it. And it's like, that is so far from reality, honestly. Like, yes, it's a thing, but it's not the most common thing. But it's talked about as if it's the most common thing. Yeah. It makes me angry. It's just, yeah. I, I mean, like, it is... Do not be afraid. Like if somebody says that to you, do not be afraid to be like, yeah, I'm struggling a little bit, but that is not how I feel. I do not feel like I'm going to harm myself or my baby, but I do feel like I might need a little help just dealing with day-to-day life Mm -hmm. because that is normal. There's a lot happening here. Yeah. And if you do feel like you're going to hurt your baby, you know, I mean, if you really feel like you're going to hurt yourself or your baby, then say it. Mm-hmm. because you will get help yeah nobody wants to separate you from your baby nobody wants to do that nobody wants to separate you but if you really do if you're really afraid if you are truly afraid that you are going to hurt your baby then then say it and get the intervention um yeah, and that's a I scary mean- thing it's so scary to talk about that and to to think that that happens but it does and you know you need help and it like it just becomes when you don't get the help, and I'm not even necessarily talking about that piece of it, but I'm even talking about just the regular anxiety. Um, when you don't get the help, you just end up like going into this darker hole, you know. And it's like it and this yeah. kind of stuff, like perinatal mood disorders. This can stay with you. Like this can happen even you know months down the line, a year down the line. Um, it can kind of stay with you. So if you're like, you know, in the first month and you're like, oh, I feel fine. It doesn't mean that that's, you know, that you're not going to feel something as you go along. And like my client that had the um, bipolar, the postpartum bipolar, like it really triggered her when she returned to work. That's when she went really downhill was when she returned to work. And something might trigger it for you. You might feel like, oh my gosh, I'm having this great time with my baby. And then something happens and you're like, you know, (coughs) just go, it just goes downhill. Yeah. You know, and we all know what a very, very big trigger of mental health issues is, is stress. Mm. And nobody is more stressed out than a new parent. Right. Because again, we have, we're so isolated. We have past mental health issues. We have lack of support. We have an identity change. We have hormones. We have, um, maybe we have other kids. We also have, you know, the societal piece, which is, you know, I've just this, we're just brainwashed into thinking we have to keep our house spotless. We have to disinfect the whole world. We have to, you know, keep up with, you know, the, all of the household things and we don't have help we got our partners going back to work and we're home managing all of this stuff and that is so incredibly stressful and then we also have a society that loves to just put it back on you like oh you know we'll we're going to put you in this stressful situation and then we're going to say well it's your fault because you're not managing yourself well enough yeah and um yeah so this is just a prime time for this stuff to surface either resurface or surface. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I've also had people who like maybe didn't feel like this with their first baby and really struggled with their second. So 
it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean if you, you know, the first time, if you didn't have a problem that you're not going to have a problem, you know, in the future. Um, it, this should be something that is watched for with every single parent that is having a baby because it is so common, but it is just not like, it's just, and unfortunately, like we said, people are like, Oh, put it back on you. Like we're kind of left to monitor our own mental health, which, you know, not that that's bad, but it's also like we need help, right? Like we need help. Yeah, it is bad because you can't just do it all yourself. And like, it's not, I mean, unfortunately it is up to us to fix ourselves because nobody else is going to. Right. And, you know, but, but there are, there are, you know, mental health professionals out there who can help you. And you can like call your insurance and ask, you know, for a provider that is within your network. Um, most people are offering Zoom sessions now. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, because a lot of times it's like, well, how am I going to get there? And when am I going to go? You know, if you have a new baby. Yeah. I've had people say that to me too. Like I can't, I've got kids, I've got, you know, I can't get to a therapist. Um, And you can definitely like, this is something that if you are having, you know, having trouble, you're not even sure where to start. You can absolutely reach out to me. I can kind of put, you know, try to lead you in the right direction because I have dealt with this with families for a really long time. So I can maybe make some suggestions that you haven't heard yet. So I would have no problem, you know, like helping out with that either. Um. This is probably an episode I think we should like continue and do a second. Yeah. Only because like, so I pulled out before we did that, before we started today, I pulled out my, um, my presentation that I've done for people in the past. And there's just like so much in here that would really be beneficial for our listeners to hear. Um, cool. I mean, a lot of it I is already wrote geared. It down. <clears throat> all right. A lot of it is geared towards, um, you know, towards lactation consultants, but a lot of it is really important for parents to know, um, like things that are triggers and things that you can do to kind of help yourself and things that maybe you can put into place prior to having your baby. So we should definitely talk more about this, I think, in another episode because we can definitely go on. There's more. Oh my gosh, there's so much more to talk about with this. Yes, I know. There's so much. Yeah. Okay. Part two coming up next month or so. And yep. uh, we also have the part two of the nighttime episode coming up too. Ooh. Yes, because that was a that we had a lot of That's people a, asking about that. Part, so. yeah. yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, so until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.